Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because we're able to communicate and that opens up so many more doors and allows for that local experience. I think at least for me, that's what keeps me going back. I love that I can get in a taxi with somebody and ask them about their day and find out more about a place just by having candid conversations. Welcome to Jump Podcast, formerly known as the Budget-Minded Traveler. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey guys, welcome back to Jump Podcast. We're continuing in our series today about learning foreign languages. And I have the pleasure of introducing you to a friend of mine, the lovely Steph Gulledge, uh, who is joining me on the show today to explore this subject together. So Steph, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So Steph is Canadian and she's a super adventure traveler and spends most of the time not in Canada. (laughs) Um, And we have quite a fun, another one of those fun stories for you guys about how we met. Um, Do you want to, do you want to tell them that story, Steph? Sure. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I feel kind of like we're kindred spirits that we were totally meant yeah. to cross paths at some time. <laughs> Eventually. We quite literally did. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so both Jackie and I were traveling in Chile with a bunch of college girlfriends. Were your college girlfriends as well? Mine aren't college. They're just Montana girlfriends. But yeah, so, there were and- five of us and five of you, right? Yeah, yeah. Two girl gangs ready to take on the W trail. Mm-hmm. Um, in Torres del Paine. And it just seemed like serendipitous, actually, that we met that way because it didn't seem like there were that many other people on the trail. And it was <laughs> instant connection to find somebody else who had such a love for Chile, such a love for adventure. Um, and then to have both brought and organized these trips for our girlfriends to go. It was, yeah, pretty crazy. So we, we, we met each other on the first night of the trek, but then kept kind of crossing over um, in each other's paths on the W. And then we had the opportunity to stay on for a little bit and get to know each other, um, as we went into Argentina. And that was kind of the beginning of, of you running trips there, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, um, like my first kind of trial trip. That was the first time that I brought people on the W was my friends. So it was your guinea pig trip. Yeah. And then, um, later that year was when I ran my first official trip, um, and so, cause yeah, that was March of 2016. That was like almost three years ago. Isn't that crazy? Honestly, I didn't <laughs> say when it was cause I could, I didn't know off the top of my head. Oh my gosh. Oh. Wow. And then the funny thing is we've, we keep keeping in touch over social media. Really? We keep ending up in the same places, but at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And I think the craziest is most recently we both went to study French for a second time in Biarritz only missing each other by a matter of days or weeks or something. Yeah, it was so close. It's so weird how how much our paths have crisscrossed in strange places. It's not like we came from the same place and we keep going back there. No, 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 no. It's like weird crossings across the world in very random small corners of the world. And um, like last summer, I was living in Boulder. And now you're living in Boulder and we just like keep missing each other. Although you did just come through Montana, which was super cool. Finally. Yeah. A real life. A real life. Yeah. We finally got to sit down and have a beer together a couple times. Actually, that was a treat. That was really nice. Totally. Yeah. But I love, I love sharing these kind of stories. Everybody knows this. I tell them all the time because it happens so much. Like these are the people that I bring on my show 
um, all the time because I I find such interesting, you know, kindred spirits along the trail, like uh, just on the road out there somewhere. And it seems everybody has such a cool story to tell. And um, I love that you know, none of these meetings are planned, but they come together anyway. And you end up getting all these friends, just like collecting friends as you travel. And this is why we travel. I mean, mm-hmm. I think this, at least for me, is so much of, of why you go back to it. There's mm-hmm. those moments that you can go somewhere and you're like, what have I done? Where am I? This is, you know, <laughs> so foreign or so different. And then it takes that one moment of connection with somebody that you realize that no, you've all kind of gone for similar reasons and Mm. there's so much to share. Yeah, that's so true. And it was really special when we first met on the, on the W trail because of the circumstance, like because of what we were both there for with like a group of girlfriends that we all came from really far away. I mean, Canada and Montana are totally really far from Chile. Yeah. (laughs) all the way down there. Um, and that we were there on the exact same days. It's just, uh, I think that trip was still one of my favorite trips ever. I think something I really love about that is how you really have to go offline. Like you have no option. Mm -hmm. And so that opportunity to connect with old friends or new friends and have Mm -hmm. true connections that like you're really immersed in nature and you're getting the physical element of it. So everybody's endorphins are going. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was like a magical five days. It still was when we continued on afterwards. But the I think the actual W hike itself was one of my favorite trips with girlfriends. Mm, I have to agree. I It's one of my favorite things about Patagonia in general is how off grid you have to be. Uh, just simply because there is no cell service and there is no Wi-Fi in so many places. Okay. Um, and it, it just, they, you know, at EcoCamp, they have um, that saying that there's no Wi-Fi in Patagonia, but you always find a deeper connection or a Love better it. connection or something. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so cliche, it's but like, it's so, it's so cliche, but dude, it is so true. I, I yeah. love it. Like I see that and it makes me smile every time. I don't care. I love cliches. I don't care. You know, like, cause that is so true. You get down there and it's who you're with and where you are and that's it. Period. Definitely. And I it's the that. connection with those people, but also with yourself. It's like really, I mean, this is, you, you know, this better than anybody, but like, just letting go of all those other distractions and then connecting with these other people, but truly being present with yourself is mm-hmm. so it. healthy every yeah. year. We should do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't like, we can tell as much as we want about that, but it's like something you have to just experience, which is why I love taking people to Patagonia because I can see it happen in them every time too. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, guys, before we go any further, I'm going to take a quick opportunity to thank Tossable Digits for supporting our show today. You may have seen this name before on the Budget Minded Traveler blog because we have a great post about it there. And I'm happy to be partnering with them now for the podcast because they have proven to be a major problem solver for people who are traveling long-term or moving abroad, perhaps studying abroad, and who want to keep their US cell phone numbers. So basically how it works and bear with me on this is that you can port your number to tossable digits online, which turns it into a virtual number. And then you can keep it and pay as you go to have any calls or texts forwarded to whatever international SIM card or phone number you end up getting overseas. And then you can port your number back to a US carrier once you get home and voila, you still have the same number as always. Um, And here's the best part. They're offering your first month for $1 exclusively to Jump listeners. So you can go to Tossable Digits dot com slash jump to find everything you need to get started. And they have chat support too, if you have questions. So again, that's tossabledigits.com slash jump for anyone who wants to keep your US cell phone number while traveling abroad without keeping your expensive monthly service contract. It's brilliant and simple. So go check that out. And thanks again to Tossable Digits. I also want to thank Pimsleur. We've been talking about learning languages and how the best way to do it is to actually converse. 
Pimsleur is the conversational method for learning a language wherever you are. It's not screen-based. You actually learn by conversing and training your ears to understand native speakers through their audio courses. And the great news is Pimsleur has partnered with me to offer you a special seven-day free trial to get started, which you can find at myjumpoffer.com. We made that easy for you to remember, myjumpoffer.com. And then plans start at just $14.95 a month if you want to keep it going after the free trial. And for that, you get immediate access to all levels in the language that you choose. So you can even work ahead if you want to. It's all there, ready for you to start learning at whatever level you need, wherever you are currently. As in, right now, you are listening to me and this show and just as easily, you could be tuned in to your language lessons. So go to myjumpoffer.com and try on a new language for yourself. And when you do sign up, hit me up on Instagram at Traveling Jackie and let me know what language you're going to learn. I'd love to celebrate that decision with you because obviously learning languages has completely changed my life. So you never know where it'll take you. Again, you can find it all at myjumpoffer.com. So we are here to kind of share our stories about how we have learned languages. And that is plural, which is super exciting because um, you and I are both examples of North Americans who have put in the hard work to learn other languages. And we both, let's see, we both speak Spanish. We both speak some French and some Portuguese, right? Yeah. Those are your languages? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely different um, levels of fluency on, yeah. with each one, mm-hmm. but those are the ones that I would say I'm comfortable with. And then the beautiful thing about that is you can kind of dabble into some of the other languages, like Italian, mm-hmm. you know, if I've had enough wine, I definitely <laughs> feel like I can speak Italian because yeah. it's so similar to the others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um Actually, so because I speak Italian as well, and uh, I think on the spectrum, I'm creating this spectrum right now, by the way, but on this spectrum, you have on one end, you have Spanish, and then next to that, you have Portuguese, and next to that, you have Italian, and on the other end, you have French. Like, like I think our th- other end. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they're all Romance languages, so they're kind of, yeah. you know, they're on the same tree, but like... Italian is way closer to French than I ever realized um, until I started learning uh, French, you know, this last year in in France, like you mentioned. Uh, It's so much more similar to to French than it is to Spanish, which actually really helped my French. Um, And then Portuguese is way closer to Spanish than anything else. Mm -hmm. And those two, Portuguese and Italian, kind of sit in the middle there. Um, I love seeing it like that. It like helps my brain process things sometimes. Agreed. Oh totally. man. Did I tell you about that post that I wrote about multilingualism? No, I Did I share that it. with you? I'm going to say that out loud for everybody here cuz it's it's I think I've mentioned it before on the show, I don't know, but um you will appreciate it because you speak all the same languages and so you'll be, even be able to read the paragraph that I wrote that I think has like four different languages in it that I just like sat down one day and just started writing. I was literally I had just come from France and I was in Italy. And I had no idea what language I was speaking. Like for the last four months, I had been in Patagonia speaking all Spanish. And then I went to Spain and then I went to France to learn French. And then I'm in Italy and I do speak Italian. And so I'm just like, I don't know what language is coming out of my mouth right now. I don't know how anyone's understanding me. I I wish you could see inside my head. And so (laughs) I sat down on a train. Um, I was on my way to Orvieto from Rome. And I wrote this whole piece about what happens inside my brain when I speak in any language, because it's... Do you think the same thing is happening? What do you mean? Like whichever language you're speaking is the same thing being processed in your brain or depending on your fluency, is it a different... No, it's totally different, which is why it's worth... Which is why it was fun for me to explore Like, how is it that right now I'm in Italy and all these words are coming to me in all these languages, including Portuguese and even sometimes German? Like, I'm not even kidding. It's it's like a mess up there. And I'm like, I know there's got to be some sort of pattern to this. And so I just started writing and uh, 
I first wrote out a paragraph that like it literally has four languages in it. And I left it like I've never done that exercise before, but I wanted to see what would happen. And I just like let it run. Whatever language came out, I just like typed it out. It's pretty funny. And then and then I went into um, like how I think that my brain organizes these languages and when each one like gets fired, like when when one gets used and why and how. I don't know. It's it, to me, it's really interesting and it makes me laugh still this article. But if you um, if you guys want to read that, it's at travelingjackie.com slash multilingualism. Um, that'll take you there. It's a long one. but And it's like, whoa, it's like a trip because you kind of go inside the workings of my language brain. But I find it fascinating. Um, and it was fun for me to write. You'd probably really appreciate it, though, because I totally I bet I you I, I wonder, <laughs> it's similar. I always wonder about the people that learned a language as a kid that it just, they had it the whole time, you know, does mm-hmm. it just sort itself out in an orderly way inside of their brain mm-hmm. compared to the chaos that can be happening inside of mine sometimes, yes. you know? Yeah. And there's also the, the topic of, I mean, what kind of talk do you have in your house when you're growing up? You know, you have family talk, but once oh, yeah. you get out into the real, like once you get into jobs and everything, then you have business talk. And that's, often in English or like a different part of the brain or whatever. And um, I mean, I've heard people say that, like I have multilingual friends who um, when they, when they want to speak, when they talk business, they use English. And when they are in love, they speak Italian. And when oh, they're expressing so other things, like they speak Spanish, you know, it's like, it's just so cool to, to, to have access to that and to be able to express yourself. Like, imagine okay I think that Italian is the most beautiful language and if you speak Italian and you get to speak Italian when you're in love like how beautifully romantic is that you know but then also there's these like phrases and this is what's been fun about learning more than one language is there's certain phrases that exist that you just can't translate and once you get the meaning of it Mm. in that language it's and and you're able to communicate it to somebody else that understands especially both sides of it you know there's just certain things that are articulated better in a language in other languages do you can you think of an example of that oh shoot i, I know putting you on the spot because i know that there's because certain certain words in spanish that i'll just like like cariño so mm-hmm. it's just it comes it's out different. nicer right mm-hmm. it's affection yeah but also it, it, I, what, one of my words like that is suave suavecito so I, see but, the, I mean, like you really it. wouldn't say that in English. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of phrases that, that, uh, even right now I'm thinking, se me traba la lengua. like they, what's the, in English you say, I, my gosh, I can't even, my tongue is tied. tied. There you go. That's yeah. the word. I literally, <laughs> that's happening to me right now. And I can only right. think to explain that in Spanish. Cause I learned that phrase and I love it. And now I've like forgotten how to say it in English. Well, and um, then the other thing is even within Spanish and I've worked all over Latin America, mm-hmm. I'll learn these like weird phrases mm-hmm. that only exist in one Latin American country and or I'll in one region. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. And then I'll yeah. say it somewhere else and people be like, where are you from? Oh yeah. And like, it'll be muddled with some other phrase that I learned in, in Spain. And I honestly, at this point, I don't always know where that phrase is from, you know, it's just, you, you're kind of, are a bit of a parrot, or at least that's how I see it. And you pick up these things and they eventually come out and I'll be like, Oh, you know, like I, I don't even think I registered that I knew that, but Hmm. it's there and you just keep collecting them. And Mm -hmm. so it's, I've had a really funny experience working in Peru because there's so much animosity between Peru and Chile. (laughs) I first started working in Peru. Everybody would pick up that I'd spent a lot of time there Uh and they're always giving me a hard time. And so, you know, they, oh gosh, yeah, they, they just are always poking fun. And then I became part of it because I was like, well, but I'm Canadian. It's like, no, 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 no. You're speaking like a Chilena. So (laughs) it's hard to escape it. And now for for the most part, people will be like, where are you from? I don't like, oh yeah, like weird, weird accent with all sorts of strange words. (laughs) Me haces un favor. Háblame en español. (laughs) ¿Qué te digo? <risa> dime, no sé, dime, ¿por qué, por qué pasas tan, tanto tiempo en Chile? Pasé mucho tiempo en Chile porque estaba trabajando ahí, estaba armando rutas en bicicleta. 
Okay. Entonces fui con muchos grupos a pedalear. Y sí, estaba ahí on and off por dos años. <risa> y sabes que esta mañana hablé con, con Butterfield, donde trabajo. Sí. Y hace más que un año que no estoy, entonces yo creo que voy a volver en julio. Ah, qué bueno, para el eclipse. Sabes que sí, <risa> tenemos cinco pasajeros que van para buscar el eclipse. ¿Tú vas? Qué bueno. No, este año no, pero ojalá el año que viene, el diciembre, porque hay dos. En, sí, sí, en 2020 en también. Uh -huh. Sí, qué locura. Y 2021 en Antártica. Wow. Mira, sí. Okay, so um, thank you for <laughs> indulging me in there. That was just so that everybody can hear, um, you know, an example of us having a conversation in, in Spanish. And I wanted to hear your accent because we always speak to each other in English. <laughs> I know. Well, we'll just have to go on more Latin American adventures. I know. like to see the eclipse. I like that. That's what we Did were talking about. Did you see about. the yeah. eclipse when it was in the U.S.? No. I was in the 95. Because it wasn't it like right over where you guys were? Uh, no, we were in the, I, I was in Montana in Bozeman and it was, we were in the 95 percentile, like the 95%, oh, okay. which basically is like nothing. Like, I mean, it's not nothing, but it was nothing compared to totality, even though it was so close. Um, and so. That's why it's so important to get that exact spot yeah like it was south it was pretty far south of us like pretty like four hours south of us so um i didn't go but i feel like that's silly now after all of what i've heard about it well it's um, just been interesting to work with people that are like i i don't, I don't know what do you call them eclipse seekers and they're just so stoked on this adventure to go and find the eclipse like it's <laughs> what they do Mm -hmm. I had no idea it was, and I just wish I had seen one to like really understand the passion. But I think until you see one, you just, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I actually might try to, uh, do my Chile trip or my Patagonia trip next year, uh, late November so that it could be, so that people could, could stay, stay and see the eclipse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do that. Doing that. That would be beautiful. And yeah. then you get to go up cause it, the, I think the totality will be around Pucón. So yeah, I know. It's right there. Beautiful. It's like just north of Patagonia. And it's summer yeah. where this one, July mm -hmm. 2nd, it's the dead of winter. Right. There's a few things against us right. for <laughs> this one. So yeah, just I'll a few. I'll tell you how it goes yeah. this year. And uh, you go do the be same better. one. <laughs> exactly. Um, so just to back up a couple minutes there, uh, we were talking about phrases that we get in Spanish. We're talking about accents. We're talking about where people think that we're from. And then we went into that Spanish conversation just to um, give that example. And and that turned into talking about the eclipse, which is kind of funny because it's just like how conversations <laughs> go. But I don't want to lose people. <laughs> um, and so let's... Um, Let's go back to uh, kind of our, our journeys in, in language learning. Um, what was it for you that, I guess, made you want to learn Spanish? Like, was there a moment or what was um, it well, that made you my, want to? My language path has been... Uh, so I started... I'm Canadian, first of all. Um, so in high school in Canada, you have to take French. It's a mandatory class that is no fun at all. And it's memorization. And I think we had class, if it was every Friday or every other Friday, it was not consistently, whatever it was. Oh, but weird. it just, you couldn't get the traction. You couldn't keep going. And I hated it. I did it all the way through high school. Um, there's a minimum requirement that you have to do being Canadian. But I would say a lot of Canadians, unfortunately, don't speak French. And it's this really cool opportunity that we have. We're a bilingual country. And I, I wish that programming had been different, having had learned another language after it. Mm -hmm. So um, I decided to go to Costa Rica after my first year of college. Oh, gee, me um, too. <laughs> no, stop it. Oh, yeah. God, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So what year was I that? Found 2002. Oh, I, I went in 03. Oh, oh wait, where'd you go? Heredia. Oh, beautiful. Where were you? So I, I was in Capos. Okay. <laughs> so I found this is going to sound also like I am a grandma right now, but I found this program on the internet and it was like such a big deal that I was contacting this thing. It was called La Escuela de Amor. 
um, in Manuel Antonio the of love. <laughs> to go and live with a family for a month and mm-hmm. learn Spanish. Yep. And so I signed up on the internet. It was, you know, bought a ticket. Everybody's like, you're crazy. <laughs> um, ended up going down and I remember I, so they, oh gosh, yeah. You go to school for the first day and then your like host family comes to pick you up and they, they picked me up. His name was Jesus, which I thought was hilarious at the time. <laughs> um, so Jesus comes to pick me up and he drives me to their house, um, in a suburb of Capos. Capos, if anybody hasn't been, is this really beautiful beachside town in Costa Rica. And I got to live in the local neighborhood with Jesus and Lady um, and their two children. And they both lived in one bedroom and I had the other bedroom. And that was <gasps> such a crazy thing to me that they were all, you know, in wow, this yeah. bedroom. And kind of, to be honest, in addition to language, this was like my first really big branching out and, and starting to do real independent travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but the best is, so he drops me off at the place and there's nobody at the house and then he leaves. <laughs> and so I'm like sitting on the sofa. I don't speak one word of Spanish. I have not been exposed to it at all. At this point I've studied some French. So I have some foreign language background. I can say Ola <laughs> and, um, it starts to pour rain. And oh so yeah. I'm Un aguacero. Cal- like nonstop. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that they have all their laundry hanging out on the back. And so I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should be a really good house guest <laughs> run outside and grab the laundry. So I do this. I go outside, grab the laundry and my feet end up getting like covered in mud. Cause I'm in flip flops or whatever. <laughs> so I come inside and there's one sink in the kitchen and then there's one in the bathroom. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't be like tracking through mud in their house. I'm trying to do the right thing, whatever. I go to the sink in the bathroom. Oh my and I lift my foot up on top of the sink basin and I'm washing my thing off, my feet off. And then the basin crashes onto the floor. <sighs> so I broke the, the basin off of like, you know what oh I mean? Like God. it's attached yeah, to what the was, sink basin. <laughs> yes. So I haven't um, met the mom. I haven't met the kids and I don't speak Spanish. And here I am. I've covered their house in mud and I've broke their bathrooms. <laughs> So welcome to Costa Rica. About, yeah. <laughs> Motivation to learn the language. Mm-hmm. So now the kids, the two kids come home. I can't even explain. I can't even say I'm sorry. Like yeah. I really do not oh have any vocabulary. <laughs> and Aww. this is like super, super local family that doesn't have any English. Yeah. And so very quickly, I mean, I'm like, doing all as many hand gestures as you can possibly do to say you're sorry and like try to fix everything. They ended up propping the basin back up with some like wood underneath and it sat there. Oh, oh my gosh, Jackie. Anyway, the next day at school, I had to go and tell my teacher and I was like, look, this is what happened. I need you to write me a note. Yeah. (laughs) Help me explain. They ended up being the most wonderful family. I went back many times to visit them. Mm. Um, And yeah, that school. So it was a full immersion school and they wouldn't speak to you in English at school. And I went every morning, um, studied Spanish and then went and hung out on the beach in the afternoon and slowly met locals. And, you know, it was super fun. I loved it. And compared to my experience with French, where I wasn't consistently using it there. I saw the progress and it mm-hmm. would be like, Oh my gosh, I, you know, I had a three word converse or a three sentence <laughs> conversation and, and it makes you want more and more. And I just remember sitting at the dinner table with my, with my book out and it, it was a super gratifying experience. And I think I learned to speak a lot more slang and, and, and street words. And mm-hmm. probably my grammar wasn't that good because I went back to college and I decided to enroll in I guess, beginner Spanish. And it was really hard because it was like way more about the grammar and everything. And I could get through and speak it, but you know, my spelling wasn't good. And so I had to backtrack and adjust a bit. Um, but yeah, 
roll forward. And I, I did a year exchange in Spain and that kind of really solidified things because as you know, their Spanish is much different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like formally studying it and I, I loved it. I loved meeting people. I really, I put my heart into it. I studied hard. I, mm-hmm. you know, did lots of flashcards mm-hmm. and all sorts of different things to do it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where Spanish took off. Good for you. Having an uncomfortable situation. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a good story about the about the laundry and the rain. Oh my gosh, I I could so see it happening. So long. How how long were you in Costa Rica that time? So that time I was there for two months. So we spent a month there, and then a girlfriend came to meet me, and we went to the Caribbean side. and we did a month of volunteering there. And then I took a semester off school and went back um, okay. later. So, yeah, that was it wasn't I, I didn't do um, like a formal exchange mm-hmm. in that semester. And then it wasn't until third year of college that I then went to Spain, which was Spain was going to be a semester. And I loved it. And I stayed for a year. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so important. In fact, that's a good opportunity for me to give like the best piece of advice that was given to me. Uh, when I, when I knew I was going to learn a language. So I had a German foreign exchange student, um, live in our house when I was a senior in high school, we, we were a host family for her. Um, my brother had moved out and so she moved in and like moved into his room, you know, and the two of us were like seniors in high school together. That's amazing. Yeah. We're still like sisters today. It's amazing. Um, I just saw her in Germany last time, last fall when I was there. But, um, at the end of that year of her year, it was clear to me. I mean, I was graduating high school and I knew that I was going to study abroad. I couldn't go until I was a sophomore. I, I wasn't allowed to, to study abroad till I was a sophomore. So I knew I had one year um, to go to college first. And she said, um, no matter where you go, go for a year. Don't think twice. And I took that straight to heart. Like I just, I didn't think twice. I took it completely at face value. I love and it. I never even considered one semester. And that makes all the difference because my first semester um, in Costa Rica was spent getting my feet under me. I mean, like you, it was my first, um, it was my first independent travel, like my first time flying overseas. Like I had driven into Mexico several times by then, but I had never flown to another country, you know, like that was a first time. And um, I had an amazing, amazing family as well. And that first semester was like me just getting my bearings. It was learning how to be a minority, learning how to be in another culture, grasping for all the Spanish that I could to get by, you know. And then um, we actually had an interesting thing where most of the people from my program, and I think it's because a lot of people only went for a semester. So there were probably only like nine or 10 of us that did the whole year. And all nine or 10 of those people had planned to go home for Christmas. And that was like a surprise to me. Like, I didn't know we were going home for Christmas. So I was like, last minute, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go home for Christmas too. And so I came back to the United States um, for Christmas that year. And I cannot tell you the feeling that I had when I went back to Costa Rica. It was my first time going back like back to this country that I, that had become my home. And I, I mean, I got to the airport and I was like, this is my place. I know where I am. I speak this language. Like I owned that semester. It was completely different because I wasn't the new kid anymore. You know, like that was my home. I was with the same family. I knew the places that I liked to travel on the weekends. I had my friends. I had a life there. Like it was so different for the second semester that I cannot stress that enough to you guys listening. Like if you want to study abroad, go for a year. Don't think twice. Like I want to pay that advice forward because it absolutely changed everything for me. Obviously it did for you too. I mean, you stayed definitely, you can probably relate to that. Well, and also not just that feeling like it's a home, but for the language factor too, to like really solidify it and, and really like, I feel like I just kept it going long enough that at this point I won't lose it. 
But had it been just one semester or just that, you know, short stint in time, I don't know that Spanish would be such a big part of my life. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because a lot of those people, it's not, but it is for me, you know, it, it is. For, I mean, even the people that were in my program, like they don't necessarily speak it anymore. But yeah. for me, I did. I mean, I still, I, mean, I do whatever. Um, but yeah, it, and I, yeah, minor detail. I forgot to even mention the language part when I was saying all of that glory about the second semester, but that too, I remember during the second semester, um, I remember when it clicked and there was a moment for me, actually, um, I was sitting in my room by myself, actually listening. I had, I don't know what I was doing. I had the radio on though. And it's like, all of a sudden I could understand everything I was hearing on the radio. And it's like, I woke up with the sunshine. It just, everything just changed. And I was just fluent. Like I could just snap my fingers. Like I just, it just clicked. And that moment when it clicks is powerful because you, you then feel like you are, it's like, you're part of this now, you know, like you're not an observer, like you're, you're part of it. It's just, I don't know. There's a, there's a difference to it. And I have felt that click multiple times over the years with a couple times with Spanish, um, with Italian, I felt it. I'm not there with French. I did (sighs) get it with Portuguese when I was living in Brazil, Um, for sure. I did get it with Portuguese, although it's been so long that I don't necessarily, I definitely don't have that anymore. Um, but you could get that click again. Oh yeah. And it would happen way quicker now. You know, I think it's that feeling where I'm not feeling exhausted at the end of the day that mm. I'm like, Oh my gosh, my brain has been translating every single word from this to that. Where all of a sudden I'm like, it's, it's just my thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah, I keep finding totally. these moments here in Colorado, and this has been a funny surprise to me is how much Spanish there is around. Well, not a funny, but like a really yeah. welcome surprise, actually. Yeah. And I'll be grocery shopping or something. And there's other people around speaking in Spanish. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking in Spanish. <laughs> like yes. it just because that's it's like clicks because I'm hearing it around me. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I speak English. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's so funny, but I definitely, I mean, like the fluidity of Spanish compared to, as you mentioned, French, it's not the same, the Portuguese, because it's so similar. Um, I found that to be quite easy to pick up on. I Mm -hmm. took a few classes while I was traveling there and that really helped. They're definitely, you know, there's common errors and and those false friends, Mm -hmm. um, once somebody points them out to you, it makes a really big difference. And again, I mean, in Brazil, what's not to love about Brazil and how much fun it is. So like, if you are able to get in on their local fun, it's another motivator to be able to speak more of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Have you noticed with music, like when you listen, I think this was kind of a click for me in Spanish that I, oh my gosh, I remember I went to see Mana in concert in Costa Rica. <gasps> You've seen Mana in Costa Rica? Yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> I love Mana. Another funny story there, but maybe I should leave it for another time. <laughs> um, they, I just remember all of a sudden I had heard their songs when I started going there and it was like, oh, this is fun. You know, like I could pick up Mariposa and like a few words here and there. And then later being like, oh, I identify with your songs now. Like I get the words. Oh my gosh. We were so there during the same time. We were, I mean, like era. Because Mana was like Mariposa or it was called Revolución del Amor or something like that. Revolución del Amor was the the name. What? Mariposa Traicionera. Traicionera. I know that album was huge at like in 2003. (laughs) I I wonder when I should try and find, oh my gosh, I don't have photos. Do you have photos from this time? Uh, I would love to go back and see. I totally do. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) oh man, definitely. That was, I had like my first digital camera way back in the day. That was, I mean, years before Facebook, years before like Wi-Fi, years before all the things that made everything so easy. I mean, I remember 
going to internet cafes to write out like a mass email for my family and friends. Yes. And I'd be sitting there and the rain would start pouring and the yes. electricity would cut. And I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. Like, there was no auto save in that day. You know, like the email is just gone. <laughs> I'm like, oh I, I'm not even going to write that over again. I just like get up and leave. That happened like on a weekly basis down there. And when I would have to call home, I called home with a calling card because oh. that's what you had back then. <laughs> totally. There was no no Skype. Like, oh, oh man, God. how easy are, are things now? But but also how great was that? I mean, one other cool yeah. thing about that was I just remember you'd meet people and you'd be like, you know, tonight at seven o'clock, let's have dinner at yeah. those Locos or wherever it is. And they just show up. And you have to and show I up. I remember... Mm-hmm. With a friend of mine that I, I had met there, we had this plan to go, let's say, yeah, it was for dinner. And it was pouring rain, <laughs> so much so that the streets were flooding. Yeah. Yet we both rock up <laughs> <laughs> knee deep in water because we didn't want to stand up the other one. You know? Yeah, because you can't just shoot a like text. Family. Exactly. Yes, I know. Oh, man. Oh, no one so had good. cell phones. Like, we Hell didn't no. have cell phones. Yeah. No. We had house phones, though. I do remember at w- one morning I was woken up by my host mom, like they're calling you, they're calling you, you know, like you have a phone and I'm like, what, what, what time is it? And I had totally slept through my alarm and they called my house because they didn't want to leave me behind because they had hired oh, one of those little, um, it was just a group of friends and we, we hired one of those little shuttle, one of those tiny little shuttle vans, you know, to take yeah. us to like Tamarindo or something for the weekend. It was going to be our first time there. And they like, didn't want to leave me behind. And so they called my house and I had to like book it to get there. And I but love they it. called the landline. I love it. Like, otherwise <laughs> I would have just been, you know, like out of luck if I had slept through, like, if not, they would have just gone without me and we never would have heard a about it again. You know, just yeah. like, that's just the way things used to be. But oh man, how so, things have changed. <laughs> no kidding. You know, actually, here is something that I love um, as far as languages go on a cell phone. I will install the keyboard for the language. Mm. And because of autocorrect, I actually find it super useful that I'll communicate with certain people, like French, for example. Mm-hmm. And I'll write things and then I'll write it the way I think. And the, for the most part, the autocorrect is really good. And then I'm like, oh, it's actually spelled like that. And I found that to be really useful. And then, of course, um, like just the Google Translate on it, mm-hmm. you're able to do that so seamlessly that if if you put in the time, I mean, the tools that you have just at, on your phone now are really incredible. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's a really good point. I did the same. I have Spanish on my phone now. Like that's a constant. Yeah, Yeah, the keyboard. Um, Otherwise, autocorrect on the other. Like it's impossible to write a conversation. Oh, Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I do have the Spanish one. And I did when I was in France earlier this year, or I guess that was last year now. um, I installed the French keyboard for the same exact reason because it's like it, it helps you. Um, and also it's just impossible to try and communicate with people if, uh, if you're not using the the right keyboard because of autocorrect, like it's actually yeah. annoying, but then that's a good point. Cause it, it does, you can learn from it and Google translate is awesome. And now with Google translate, you can even like put it on the camera function and hold it up that. to signs. Um, it, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It It's not perfect, but it's, it does, you know, it helps. And then I'm going to Japan this year Oh, and it. I feel like that'll be a really cool place to use it. Cause that is yeah. one foreign language that I've got nothing in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Konnichiwa. <laughs> I think kampai means cheers. That's okay. The, those I are mean, the that's two an important that one to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, okay. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> that's all I got. Actually. It's like, so Oh wait, the, maybe there's one. Do you no, use no. any of the apps? Have you found those useful? Like, um, I've tried, I've, you mean language apps? Yeah. Yeah. I've used Duolingo, um, which I think is fun. I'm nerdy like that. Uh, Did you get into like collecting, what were they, gemstones? uh, I don't know. I I did a 30 day challenge on it. I have to say it 
really worked. And yeah. it's like the silliest thing that I think you collect gemstones, but Funny. then as soon as you miss a day, you lose all of your gems. <laughs> and I am not a game person that all of a sudden I was like, it's like 1150. And I'm like, I have to do my, I think I had scheduled 10 minutes a day. Otherwise I lose my gems. And it was, it was helpful. And sometimes I do like a whole thing that I'm like, I don't think I learned anything. And then suddenly the next day I'd be like, Oh yeah, that word. I got that yesterday. So yeah, it was good. Yeah, there are a lot of good ways that you can just start right at home. Actually, there something you mentioned before, and I, I want to hit on this because um, one of the th- things that people don't really understand, unless you know that you've heard it on this show before, or maybe you know, but is that you don't have to study abroad to, uh, I mean, like in a program, like a university program, to learn to study a foreign language overseas. Like you don't have to be a university student and enroll in a semester or a year at a time. It sounds like you did this in Costa Rica, also in France. Um, and then I did it in Brazil. I spent a month in Brazil doing a language school and a month in France doing a language school. Um, and I plan to do the same thing eventually in Germany. That's my next language. Um, but it's so easy. It's so easy to do this. You guys have to know that this is an option. If you want to take language lessons somewhere, literally just open up Google, like open up your Google and put in there. I mean, like this is what I did for France. I just did French language schools in, and I just started looking at different regions of France. Like I looked at a map and I'm like, where would I want to go? You know, and, um, you know, just put the city or put the country um, German language schools in Munich, for example, like that's what I want to do, you know, and you will find there are lots of them. I mean, that's how I ended up, um, in Florianopolis, Brazil, like way in the South of Brazil. Um, because I found a language school. I mean, I found plenty of language schools, but then I started comparing like, well, what is this city like? What's this city like? And it's really easy for me to rule out the big ones. Cause I don't like big cities. And so like the Brazil one was super easy for me to find. He's like, well, here's a small town with a lot of beaches. I've never lived by a beach. Like that sounds cool. Let's try it. And it, it had good ratings. It was, it was affordable. I could live with a local, which I highly recommend if you can handle it. Cause I understand. I totally also understand that as adults, we've been out on our own for a long time and it's really hard to live in someone else's house. Um, but the, it, it accelerates your language learning so much. It, it really, really expedites, um, expedites your, I guess, skills in the language. And the, the other benefit to, to that part of it is, um, you get the colloquial speech, you know, like you're not just practicing grammar, but when you wake up in the morning, someone's saying, Oh, Hey, how'd you sleep? You know, like, you're not getting, you're not learning how did you sleep in class? Not the way that the locals say it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Or like, yeah. Um, I think are, you, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, you brought up a really good point about not going to a big city. Cause in a big city, you can always find expats or mm. English speakers and it's so easy to gravitate towards them. Mm. But I find that like small towns where you almost end up needing it a bit more for survival is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Also. Yeah. And there's always going to be an option to, um, you know, live on your own, but then it's up to you to get involved and do something and make friends because that is where you, I mean, you have to make the effort. A lot of people do speak English these days, especially these days, like not so much when I was starting, like all of my friends in Costa Rica that I made friends with way back then, none of them spoke English, none of them. But I know for a fact that they all speak English now, all of them like speak fluent English because it's where we've gone. You know, it's, it's the people that they ended up dating. It's the people, it's the travels that they did, but we were all young then. I mean, we were all like 18, 19, And um, they did not speak a lick of English. And so that was super beneficial for me because I had to speak Spanish with them, you know? Yeah, otherwise it's really lonely. And I was ready to put the effort there. I wanted to do it. The reason I lived in Costa Rica was so that I could learn Spanish, like become fluent in Spanish. What made you want to learn Spanish? 
Um, it was the first thing that I uh, studied in school that I really got excited about. Like, actually, I remember going to Quebec once when I was young. I, I'm not sure, maybe around 10-ish. It was the first time that I had been in a foreign language and I was fascinated by it. I really, I like, I saved... I saved coins, like, even though it's funny because your coins aren't that different from ours, but like <sighs> I saved coins and I saved like grocery bags with French words on them because it was so fascinating to me. And I just like, I was like in wonder of the whole thing. And where I went to school, um, we could take Spanish or or French, but French, you couldn't start till high school. And I, I don't know, I was more interested in Spanish because I grew up in, in California Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I started learning it. Like my brother started taking it. He's a year ahead of me and I would help him with his homework. Cause I thought it was that fun. You oh, know, I'm like, awesome. I want to do this with you. I want to learn as you learn. And so, I mean, I started learning Spanish when I was like 11 and I loved, I always, always, always loved it. Like to this day, it's one of the subjects that I've always loved. And, um, after having our uh, I was really good at it too. Like I'm a word person. I'm a language person. It's like the thing that I can do is like foreign language and well, hopefully English sometimes too. But, um, you know, I, I, I was good at it. I excelled in it. I was always like the top of the class in, in Spanish. And so it was like, well, when it comes to choosing a major in college, I just need a degree, you know, like let's do it in something fun. I'm going to study Spanish. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I mean, I declared Spanish as my major when I was still, you know, and I was just enrolling in university and I never changed my major. Um, I changed my minor cause I thought I was going to minor in French and then I discovered Italian and I went to Italy. And so that all changed. Um, but yeah, I said I ended up graduating with Spanish and Italian. Like that was my degree. <laughs> and so it's just been the thing that that I've always loved to do. And the fact that it came with travel and that I fell in love with the world of travel uh, kind of just like unrolled, like my like laid my path before me, you know, like learning languages traveling the world to learn languages. That's what it started as for me. Well, maybe you know? we're also both so drawn to Latin America because we're able to communicate and that opens up so many more doors and allows for that uh -huh. local experience. Yeah. I think at least for me, that's, you know, what keeps me going back. I love that I can get in a taxi with somebody and ask them about their day and yes. find out more about a place just by having candid conversations mm -hmm. where I go somewhere now. And to be honest, most of the places I've been traveling recently are either Spanish, French, or Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So you feel a part of it, but because my French is lacking compared to the other ones, I'm always like, ah, oh, like I, I, I'm just scratching the surface. Like I want more, I want to feel more a part of this. And so again, it motivates, um, mm -hmm. There's something, you know, amazing about going, you know, somewhere in Asia or something that it's all so foreign I and know. so different, but you, I, I never, I've even worked in some Asian countries that like, I never quite feel that same connection to the place because I can't get on their insider jokes and yeah. yeah so that's definitely for me, a lot of the reason why I've been drawn to Latin America, which is huge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. there's, so much opportunity. Definitely. But yeah, there's definitely something to be said about that. I hate, I really get frustrated with language barriers, um, which is a huge motivating factor for me. And it's because I am a language person. I want to talk to people. I need to express myself. Like I want to understand you. I just want to connect. And, um, that is absolutely why I am drawn to, uh, Spanish speaking or just like romance languages because I can get them, you know, like I, it's why I end up back in Latin America all the time. Um, but now I'm also at a point where just now, like just recently, like this year, I feel like I'm at a point where I can travel all through like Western Europe. And I mean, like last, last year I was in Portugal, France, Italy, Spain, and Germany. And I could get by in all the countries. I didn't need a translator, you know, like That's I can so get great. by in German too. I can like at restaurants and whatever, ordering what I need or getting places. Like I had a, a story that I, I, I won't tell, but like it basically we got stuck somewhere. And after that, I vowed, I'm like, I, I need to learn this language. 
And um, I, you know, I started with an online program and I've been to Germany a whole bunch of times. And so I've like been able to absorb a lot of it. And that's why it's going to be my next language. Um, I can't wait to do that because the same thing with French, like I knew because when I went to Brazil, I didn't speak a single word. I didn't even know that hola was hola. I just didn't even know. Like I hadn't even looked it up. I went so unprepared to Brazil and I was speaking really, really good Portuguese in like less than a month. I mean, I was only there for a month. And by the end, I was like dealing with issues in the airport and all these things all in Portuguese, you know, everything in Portuguese. And that memory, like having that and knowing that I could add another language in a month, one month of my life, I decided I want to try and see if I can do this with French too. And French is way more, like I said, it's at the opposite end of the spectrum as Spanish, whereas Portuguese is right next to it. So it was way easier for me to pick up Portuguese. Um, French has proven to be a lot more difficult. My teacher loved to get on me about my grammar because I get so impatient and I just talk and talk and talk. And my grammar apparently is really bad in French. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, you have to slow down. Like, we have to go over these things. I'm like, let's skip it. Let's skip it. Like, I want this vocab. I just want to be able to have fun and talk. She's like, no, if you can't ask correctly, like, you know, (laughs) like, okay, fine. So I, I definitely have some practice still there. But it's really cool because it was like a like a flip was switched. Uh, wait, did I say that right? A slip, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, with French, it's like suddenly I could communicate in French. I could understand French. What's going on around me? Like even in one month, in four weeks of classes, I could get to that point, which was so cool. And if you're going to do um, a language program like that, I would not go for less than a month if you can, like go for as long as you can, obviously. Um, but I mean, if, if all you can manage is a week or two weeks, like, okay, it's better than nothing. But if you are really serious about learning a language, you need to spend as much time there as possible. And immersion is going to be like the absolute best thing that you can do. Um, I agree. Immersion is huge. I remember my teacher in Costa Rica said he didn't speak any English. And after my, I think my program was a month long. He spoke to us in English, like perfect English on the last day. And we all thought it was so funny because we're like, what? You could hear us struggling. That was right at the beginning that everybody would be like, what's the word for, you know, like, come on, just tell us. But if, if we didn't know, we didn't latch on to that. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of fig- you figure out other ways to communicate, other ways of putting together a sentence that still expresses what you want. I remember, yeah, I felt like my vocabulary was so like basic at the beginning, you know, but that's how you start. And then you find the ways to use the the limited words that you have to get what you need to get done. Yeah. And then it changes everything. How has your life changed because you speak languages? Other than English. I got my job because I spoke languages and I now have been working for the company I worked for for the last nine years. Um, so I definitely, I wouldn't have even had an interview with them had I not used or had these languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful thing is that I've been able to use them through work. So that's mm-hmm. definitely been really great. And I mean, I've spent most of the last five years um, with them in, in Latin America for work. So I, you know, Mm -hmm. totally everything. (laughs) Yeah. Everything. Everything, Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. Same with me. I mean, I remember when I was in college and Spanish was my major and people would be like, uh, they'd give me the like blank stare, like blink, blink, like, what are you going to do with that? You know? And I'm like, look at me now. Like, I mean, I lead trips in Latin America multiple times a year. I'm like, down there all the time. It's completely changed my world. It's taken me on a path I could never have imagined. (laughs) And that's just it. Like going to study these languages is not like I had a plan. (laughs) I mean, it was, it was purely passion and, you know, it was the passion to travel. And for me, it was this like, oh my gosh, I can, I can study abroad. And then if I study abroad, then I can learn the language. And that was more of a priority for me in college than what I was actually studying. And then mm-hmm. as it turns out, you know, it became really useful. Yeah. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. All right. Do you have, 
how about one piece of advice for anyone out there who wants to learn a foreign language? What would you say? Practice, 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 Mm. throw yourself out there and don't be afraid. I mean, you're going to mix up words, say the wrong things, but I think it's just that immersion. And, you know, maybe you can't be in the foreign country, but throw in the movies, throw in the music and you actually, you're going to absorb some of those, the words, the accents, um, without even realizing it, just surround yourself with it and, Mm. and don't be afraid to just practice what you got and it'll get better. Don't give up. Um, and it's really, really a gratifying process for sure. Heck yeah. I know it's on so many people's bucket lists too, and it's so attainable. Like it actually is, it is something you can do. I mean, we are proof, like we've done it. A lot of people have done it. And And I wouldn't say I'm like, I don't think I'm a language guru by any means. I worked hard. I made loads of mistakes and I still make mistakes. You Mm -hmm. know, there's, definitely times, but it's taking that barrier away of, of being self-conscious when you're speaking it and feeling like it has to be perfect. Oh yeah. Um, just getting out there. And I think for the most part, people really appreciate your effort. And I think that's so rewarding too, to go to this new place and show that you care and you know, you, you want to learn more about the people Mm -hmm. by speaking to them in their language. Mm -hmm. And you never know how it can totally change your life. You never know. You You might just end up in Patagonia. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. All right, Steph. Thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. Um, If people want to say hey to you or follow you on Instagram, would you share your Instagram handle with us? For sure. My Instagram is salty SG. Um, Okay. Yeah. That's me. Come find me. Well, I can't wait for our paths to cross again, which I know they will somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun to share our experiences and how funny that for both of us, it started in Costa Rica. I know. Of course it did. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I love it. All right. Thanks, Steph. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Jackie. Ciao. Okay. Thanks again to Steph for sharing her time with us uh, to spread the foreign language motivation and inspiration. Um, Remember that if you want to start learning a language, you can right now, uh, as long as you're based in the US, go check out Pimsler's audio courses at myjumpoffer.com. And don't forget to tell me if you're signing up. Hit me up on Instagram at travelingjackie so I can celebrate with you and encourage you. You know I'm good for it. And Also, remember, if you're heading overseas and need a solution for your U.S. cell phone number, go to tossabledigits.com slash jump for that cool $1 deal that they are offering us exclusively. Um, That's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Safe travels. See you all next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.